0: So this week we don't have a Parsha, because this Shabbos we don't read a Parsha, at least in Chutzlah, it's outside of Israel. This is one of those years where we're going to get ourselves a little bit into a, a difference with Eretz Yisrael as far as the Parsha, because for them, there's one day of Shavuos and the Shabbos is a regular Shabbos, they're going to read parsha's Nasr. We have a two-day Yom So we're going to... we going to reconnect until the end? Until, uh, it's gonna, I don't know how many weeks, but it's going to be a couple of weeks. I, I believe that I'm going to lose out because I'm going to go to Israel in the middle. So we'll deal with it as it comes. Be that as it may, so we're going to talk a little bit about Shavuos and Matan Torah. Um, again, excuse me for the it's set up a little bit differently here. But on the top, we will go from right to left obviously. The Apostle says in Parshas Ve'eschanon, we know that the Matan Torah, the Seras the, HaDibris uh, is mentioned twice in the Torah. Once in Parshas Yisro, when it happened. And once in Parshas Ve'eschanon, Moshe Rabbeinu was reviewing the Torah with Klal Yisro. So after he says the Ten Commandments in Seras HaDibris, the next Pasuk says the following Hashem El Kol These words Hashem spoke to the entire congregation of the Jewish people, Bahar, from the mountain, from the fire, onan va'rofel, the dense fog and, and cloud. Koil Yosef. And those are the words that I'm going to be focusing on. Literally means a tremendous voice. Velo Yosef, and there's going to be a number of interpretations. What does that mean, Velo Yosef? Um, what exactly is the Torah telling us about the divine voice that said the Ten Commandments, as we'll see shortly? Va al shnei and then Hashem wrote them, inscribed them on two tablets of stone. name Eli, and He gave them to me. Now, here's just a basic thing that there's so many people that make a mistake about, and that is, when did Moshe give the luchos to the Jewish people? Right? only 40 days later is when Moshe Rabbeinu got the luchos came down and broke them so whenever you see a picture a depiction of Moshe Rabbeinu standing atop of a mountain with luchos and and, and that, that's nonsense never happened right because Matan Torah is on the 6th of Sivan that's Shavuos and there's no luchos there on the 6th of Sivan they just hear the heavenly voice that says and then 40 days later Hashem gives Moshe the luchos which he, which he right away breaks on that day and it's not until Yom Kippur that we have the second set of luchos be that as it may, here we have very interesting words. It says that it was a great voice, velo yasaf. What does it mean? What is velo what, what What is the Torah telling us about that great voice? So of course we always look first at Rashi. And Rashi says, Velo Yasuf mitargiminon, the targum, the translation says, velo pasak. It's a never-ending voice. Kikolo chazak V'kayam la Because Hashem's voice is powerful and everlasting. And of course, that needs explanation. What does that mean? Because Hashem said the Ten Commandments, we heard them, and then we don't hear them anymore. So what does it mean that it's an (laughs) everlasting voice that is still going on? Nobody hears it, right? In physics, it's that when you say something, it goes for forever. Right. So that's... It never never ends. That's a good point. That's everyone's voice. That's every voice. But here we're talking about something specifically about Hashem's voice, that it's powerful and unending. So what exactly does it mean? Rashi doesn't say. Um, he just gives us that targum. Then he says, another interpretation, a totally different interpretation, to the contrary, never again was there that type of revelation. So it's almost an opposite um, interpretation. According to the first pshat, means it didn't stop. According to the second shot, it means it never happened again. It was a one-time declaration or revelation that never happened again. That's from Rashi. Now you look at the Medrash Rabbah in Shemos and Parsha Yisr, where it talks about Matan Torah. The Medrash Rabbah brings three opinions about this low Yosef, right? Let's read them. Rabbi Yochanan, right? We have one of the great, one of the greatest of the Amoraim, the sages of the Talmud. Really, the most significant sage in Talmud Yerushalmi is Rabbi Yochanan. He says, Omar, Kol Echot, it was one initial voice, Nechalak Lezayin Kolos, that then divided into seven voices." lashon, which then in turn separates into the 70 languages. We have a concept that there were 70 root languages. I think today, if you look into uh, today on Google or whatever, you find that there's maybe a few thousand languages today. But those, according to the Torah, all the languages can be um, what we're looking for, traced to 70 root languages. 70 languages. And here it says that that voice of Hashem Div- that was the result of the of Hashem. Exactly, exactly, yeah. by the by the Tower of Babel, yeah. and then the divided into languages, and then you have the seventy languages for the seventy nations. So Rabbi seems to be telling us that that one voice of Hashem, um, divided and then subdivided, kept on dividing until it became the seventy languages. That's Rabbi Yehchanan. you have Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, who was the brother, uh, brother-in-law of Rabbi Shimon Lokish Amar. Shemimenu Nisnabu Kolha Nevi'im Sha'amdu. Different pshat. He says, throughout the generations, there's going to be Nevi'im, there's going to be prophets, and those prophets are going to give over the word of Hashem. The word that comes through the mouths of the Nevi'im, of the generations, is all that initial voice from Matantar. That's what the Shemin ben Lakish Rish Lakish says. So that's number two. And finally, you have Gimel Rabbanon Amri. The Rabbanon say, lo basko that the voice of Maktan Torah did not have a... Echo? echo. There's no echo. It was one voice that did not echo. And these are the three opinions of Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Shimon Ben Lakish, and the Rabbonon. Um, again, it was one voice that divided into 70 voices. Um, it was the voice that all the Navian spoke through later. It was a voice that didn't have an echo. And all of these really need explanation. What is the significance of these ideas? Now, Hashem gave us the Torah by Sinai, and He said the Ten Commandments. And we have here these interpretations. And those two commandments turn into 70 languages. Rishim Malakish says, All the neviim said by that voice. Rabbana say there was no echo. What's the idea behind these opinions? What's the, the message of each of these opinions? And specifically, which one is perhaps most odd of the three? Is the third. That the voice of Asar Sadiberus had no echo. A why is that a big deal I mean why is that a good it thing That is a big no it's, it's a good thing probably Well why oh, is it a good thing? Because an because echo, people would misinterpret that there was tricks or whatever was bouncing off. It was it was bouncing off the mountains. I heard. Right, like that. right, right. So there there is a purist that says that. But if there was an echo, people think that maybe there is more than one deity. Yeah. Okay. And Hashem yeah. is speaking yeah. from yeah. here. Hashem yes. is speaking yes. from there. Yes. There is such a pshat. Okay. However, that pshat is not entirely satisfying because it does say that the voice of Matat came from every direction. Oh. They did hear it as an all encompassing voice. So it seems that Hashem wasn't concerned about them thinking there's going to be more than one Hashem here. Why then? What's the idea behind No Echo? And really what's the idea behind each one of these three things? And what I want to discuss is to show a beautiful message and lesson from each one of these three opinions. Rabbi Yochanan, Rish Lakish, and Rabbanan. Each one is teaching us something very unique about Torah. But first of all, let's see a drasha of the Ran. The Ran is one of the Rishonim, lived some 700-800 years ago. And the Ran writes a general rule of thumb, which is Hashem doesn't make miracles for no reason. Hashem created a world to run its natural course and therefore doesn't make miracles unless there's a special need for it. That's what the Rambam writes. Supernatural miracle, because everything by nature is a miracle. Right, exactly. Right, right, right. And we'll read in his words. He says, Hadama alaf <laughs> He says, "I want to give you one important introduction." Shechafets <laughs> Hashem LeKayim Shal Olam Mada Hashem desires to keep the the way of the world, the minaga olam, as much as possible. V'ishaateva Yakar BeEinav Lo Yishanehu. Teva, nature. The natural order is precious to Hashem. He created it. He wants the world to be that way. He doesn't change it. Allah l'tsurek Only if there's a need. Only if there's a very important need. Which this ran is an important ran to understand. Whenever we read about a miracle that happened, it's important to understand miracles don't stop happen. There had to be a reason. There had to be a message. So take something like no echo. If there's a huge sound and you're in the desert and there's mountains, naturally there's going to be an echo. So if Hashem made that there's no echo, that means that there's a special reason for it. So, so again, so what's behind all of these nisim? Okay. So we have over here another gemara. I'm going in the order of the page. There's a gemara Misachta Shabbos Kufayim Mudalif. one o five a Misachta Shabbos which says something very important and fascinating about the first word of the Asaras Hadibros. The first word of the Asaras Hadibros, of course, is Anochi. Anochi means. I, right? Anochi <inaudible> I am Hashem, your God. However, it's not the common way of saying I. Throughout the Torah, what, what would normally be I is ani, like ani Hashem a al- word, I'm sorry. Anochi is Egyptian word, but the Gemara says something fascinating. It says that the word anochi is an, an acrostic or a rashi table, and it stands for four words: ana, nafshi, ksavis, yehovis, which means. That I Hashem says I my soul my essence in my writings have given myself over. When Hashem gives us the Torah, He says Anochi Hashem al-kacha. Hashem is telling us something. He's saying that He is gifting us with Himself. When we learn Torah, when we take the words of Torah into our mind, into our hearts. We're taking Hashem Himself into us, and that's something that began. That gift began Maimon Torah. In fact. That's the explanation of another fascinating statement in the Gemara that I believe we've discussed here in the past. It's a Gemara Masechet Nidorim. Daf Lamin Chesam Madalif, on thirty-eight A in Nidorim. where the Gemara says something interesting, and that is, we know Moshe Rabbeinu goes up to the mountain and he learns Torah with Hashem for how long? 40 days. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry, for forty days and forty nights. So we would think that probably every day he learned a section, right? You divide the whole thing, all Chumash and Tanakh and Gemara, and every day he learned a section. Says the Gemara, that's not what happened. Rather, Moshe kept on learning and kept on forgetting. Everything he learned, he forgot. Until, on the last day, Hashem gave him the whole thing as a gift. And that's what the Gemara says here in the Torah. Amar o Initially, Moshe was learning the Torah from Hashem and forgetting it. Till it was given to him as a gift, right? We call it Matan Torah, the gift of Torah as the Pasik says, Hashem gives the entire Torah to Moshe when he finishes speaking with him. Is that the Right. It's a gift that's being given kihalosa when he finished. In other words, we're learning for 40 days Moshe is not retaining anything. And then Hashem says, you know what? I'm gifting you the Torah. Which begs that's what the Gemara says. Which begs the obvious question. Why was Majina forgetting everything? Right, we all know there's Talmudim that forget, but not everything. And Moshe Rabbeinu was the best Talmud in the world. So why did he forget everything? And the answer is written: is because of the idea of Anochi. Once we understand oh. that when Hashem says He's giving the Torah Anochi, He's investing Himself into the Torah. Hashem is infinite, and a human mind can't grasp it. Even Moshe Rabbeinu's mind, even Moshe, is the greatest tzaddik ever, is still a human being. He's a man of flesh and blood, born to to a mother and father. And he's limited, finite. And a finite vessel is not capable of holding on to the infinite. So therefore, try as he might, Moshe Rabbeinu even couldn't retain the Torah. It was too infinite, it was too spiritual, too holy for him. Until Hashem gifted it to him. And when Hashem gifted him the Torah, he gifted it to each and every one of us. He made it possible for human beings, for physical people, finite people, regular people, to learn a pasuk of chumash, and a parik of mishnayis, and a parik of gemara, and to learn, and to understand, and to comprehend, and to bring it into ourselves and understand it. That's the gift of matan Torah. Hashem gifted himself to each and every one of us. That's an important thing to understand about matan Torah. That it's not like, yeah, why not, you know, some nice ideas, some nice thoughts, some mishnayis, some gemara, a little chumash. It was something much deeper than that where Hashem was giving us the ability to bring Himself into ourselves through Torah study and that's a gift for every generation and in fact it's written that just like Hashem gave us the Torah the first time around which was this week 3,335 years ago every year on Shavuot Hashem gifts us the Torah again every year on Shavuot it happens again He gifts us the Torah in fact and this is um, especially something that the Rebbe would talk about a lot, that when is the special time on Shavuos, when each and every one of us receives the Torah again, when we read that Saraset Libras. On, thir- on Friday morning, we'll take out the Torah and read that Saraset Libris. And in fact, it was the Rebbe's wish that everyone goes to hear that Saraset Libras, men, women, and children. And Chabad, that's a big, a big, big deal. Even the little babies, they bring them all to show. Because that's just like the first time around, everybody had to be there to receive the Torah. Oh, so now too, everyone is meant to be there. Now I know here that's a little bit of an issue. Because in many shuls, they read the uh, Sarasad Ibrus on Friday morning at about, I don't know, 6.30 in the morning, 7 o'clock in the yeah. morning. And most of the women and children aren't going to be there. So that's a, that's an issue. But in Chabad, that's not what we do. We dafka read it later. And mm-hmm. even, yes. even we have an additional minion later for women and children who couldn't make it the first time around. And that's because, because of this idea that the Asara Sadiris is not a one-time gift that we got then. But every year there's a Matan Torah and Hashem gives us the Torah once again from them. Yeah. Now, once we understand that, let's go back to the three, uh, the three shitas of Rabbi Yechanan and Rishlakish and the Rabbanan about what was the miracle of the divine voice. So what was the first one? The first one was Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Yechanan said that that divine voice Um, translated itself into all 70 languages. In essence, what he's saying is the following. We're sitting here and learning Torah right now in English. Is English a holy language? No. It's not Lashon HaKodesh. So one might argue if we're learning the Torah in English, are we really getting the word of Hashem? After all, we're getting a translation. It's not the real deal. I'm learning a Gemara with an art scroll. And I'm just reading the English. Or French. Or French or Spanish, or German, or Swahilian, whatever language it is. So you have people in the entire world learning the Torah. And the question becomes, when a person is learning Torah in French, and Spanish, in English, in Russian, in German, whatever language, are they getting the real deal? Are they getting the Dvar Hashem? Are they getting the Anochi Anon, Nafshik, Savvas, that Hashem invested Himself in? And the answer is yes. And that's what that was, Rabbi Yochanan said. That was the chiddush Rabbi Yochanan that that initial voice of Hashem, which was in Hebrew, right? The Anokhi Hashem was said in Hebrew. Says Rabbi Yochanan. But don't think the voice was contained to Hebrew. That initial voice splintered and spread and translated itself into seventy languages, so that any language that you'll ever learn Torah with or in. That is the voice of Hashem talking through the words of that the language. By the, textual, the Greek translation was not happy day. They're for a different reason. Because it, it was brought about by them. Because it was run by them. The concept that terror that could be translated into all languages, we'll see, has a lot, of, uh, a lot of sources. The problem here was the Greek king who ordered it, so he was in charge of it. That's where the problem lies. Oh. Right? So this is the Kiddush of what Rabbi Yochanan says. That one shouldn't make the mistake of thinking. You know, if I, if I learn Torah in Hebrew, that's the real deal. English is, I'm a second class citizen. Okay. Or, or if I have a, a Gemara in English, is it really a holy book? The answer is yes, because, because of this Chiddush of Rabbi In fact, we find something interesting, and that's the next quote on the page. Uh, the second Passog and Chumesh Devarim. The Jewish people are coming, they're standing right outside of the land of Israel. Moshe explained the Torah to the Jewish people. Says Rashi, from the Gemara, Mm -hmm. Be'eras HaTorah, Beshivim Pir Moshe Rabbeinu translated the Torah in 70 languages. Mm -hmm. Amazing concept. You can imagine Moshe Rabbeinu translating the whole Torah in 70 languages. Why did he do that? It's a waste of time. (laughs) Moshe Rabbeinu was a busy man. He was Moshe Rabbeinu. Right? And imagine Moshe Rabbeinu standing and doing it in Hebrew and doing it in French and Russian, whatever the languages of the time were. Why did he do it? And the answer is for this reason. Because Moshe Rabbeinu is the one who brings Hashem's Torah to us, just like the Matan Torah. So just like Hashem had to translate the Torah into every language so that there should be the kedusha in every language of the Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu, the Eved Hashem, does the same. And Moshe Rabbeinu spends the time to tell the, the Torah in every language to see to it that we understand that it's the Dvar Hashem, it's the word of Hashem that comes to us in whatever language it comes to us. All of that is message one. That's the message of Rabbi Yochanan. What did Rish Lakish say? Right? M- message number two. Rish Lakish says that it's the divine voice that comes through all of the Nevi'im. What's the deep message of Rish Lakish? One might think, true, Torah is the word of Hashem. And true, when I learn the Torah, I bring Hashem into me and so on and so forth. But is that whole truth for every uh, every Dvar Torah, of every tzaddik? Is that all truth for Mishnahis? Is Mishnahis the word of Hashem? Is Gemara the word of Hashem? Is Rambam the word of Hashem? Is Rashi the word of Hashem? You know, one might say, you know, the Torah is mixed out of five books of Moses. That, that's 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 I believe in all that, and that I feel very holy when I learn it. But I'm learning Mishnahis. When I'm learning Rambam, you know, who's so it? Is in your it? I'm sorry? You're sad, you're sad. Right, right, but 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 one can understand the logic of it. I'm not I'm not arguing their <laughs> point, but one can understand saying, listen, Hashem said this he said anohi. He said, I'm investing myself into this. Did Hashem invest himself into every word of the of the oral Torah as well? And that's what Rish Lakish in essence was saying. That that one voice keeps on coming to us through the tzaddikim, through the Navim of the generations. It's the same voice of Hashem. In other words, Hashem shows that part of it He said right there, and part of it He said through Rabbi Re- Yudha Anassi, and Hillel and Rashi and Rambam and Ramban and all the tzaddikim of the generations and therefore and the Arizal and, and the Basham Tov and every one of the great tzaddikim that are accepted by Kali Yisrael ha- Rish Lakish is telling us that that's what the Pusik meant when it said Velo Yosef Matan Torah was not a one time deal it wasn't a one time revelation it was a revelation that continues to be revealed through the true and great tzaddikim the Moshe Rabbeinus of each and every generation and that's really what. Rish Lakish was saying so that's the second message right the first message was that whatever language I studied Torah in that language contains the kedusha of Torah and the second message was <coughs> excuse me that every tzaddik that I learned Torah from and the Torah from every one of the tzaddikim who are the Bali Misura the ones that passed the Torah down from generation to generation they also contained the word of Hashem that's Rish Lakish's addition which brings us to step number three what did the Rabbanan say and that, as we pointed out, was in a sense the oddest of the three. Said there's no echo. What's the idea of no echo? And why would Hashem make such a miracle of no echo? We read together the Ram in the Drasha that says Hashem doesn't stop making miracles. What's the idea of no echo? And the Rebbe explains that no echo is perhaps the most powerful idea of all. What creates an echo? Naturally speaking, what creates an echo? When you have sound and the sound hits a barrier and bounces back. When you say there's no echo, what are you essentially saying? That this sound didn't bounce off the barrier, it penetrated, it penetrated the barrier. Oh, yeah. And what rabbonan are saying is the secret of what Torah is to this world. Torah is all about not bouncing off, but penetrating. First and foremost, a person. Torah is not supposed to I learned a nice Torah idea and I bounced right off me Chas v'sholem I learned a Torah idea and I take it into myself but we might think that's a human being a Jew a human being learns something takes it in you know, uh, processes it and so on and so forth what about the table? Right? we're sitting here in a room and we're learning Torah so it's us but there's five of us sitting here but there's also a table is the table taking the Torah in or is it bouncing off the table or bouncing off the walls? And the idea of the Rabbanan is that we should know and understand that the words of Hashem and the words of Torah penetrate and permeate and pervade every aspect of creation. So much so that it wasn't a miracle so you're it that it does penetrate the table. That this table because this is a table that has taken in so many shiurim of Torah is a holy table. It's a table that has soaked in kedusha. Now we don't see it today. Today because we don't see a lot, we don't see when we do a mitzvah, we also don't see the holiness that we're bringing into the world. But what we're being told is that when we do a mitzvah, or we learn Torah especially, and we're by a table, or we're by a chair, or we in our homes, the walls of our homes, we're making a holy home, and a holy room, and a holy table. And the more kedusha we bring into our physical environment, the more we're bringing kedusha into every aspect of that environment, to the extent that they become holy objects as well. There's a beautiful Gemara and Talmud Yerushalmi that I brought down here on the paper. Uh, it's a Gemara Mesachem Mo'et And it says the following. It talks there about a whole discussion about Nidorim, a complex discussion, which I'm not going to get into at all. But it says they didn't know a certain Allah. They just didn't know. At Shaba HaGalil. One an elder from the Galil came. There are others who say there was a Shimon bin Elazar who shut up. And he, he was able to solve the problem. In a very unique way, he was able to solve the halachic quandary that was disturbing the people in the Bish Madras. Okay, he finished. They all accepted it, it. was all good. Then they turned to him and said, how did you know the answer to this question? It was such a difficult question. Amri and Hadam min How did you know this? Nobody else knew it. What special, what do you have that you know it? Amr so first, he gave two answers. First of all, he says, Misharis Reb Meir Hayisin. I was a Misharis. How do you say Misharis? I was, uh, I was an, an attendant. I was an attendant of Rabbi Meir B'varcho And That refers to the story. Rabbi Meir had to escape because of whatever reasons. So I was with him when he escaped two times. And at that point, he taught me intricacies in halacha. That was the first thing. V'yashom, but then others say something else. Wow. He had Rabbi Mayer's walking stick. And Rabbi Mayer's stick would teach him wisdom. And that's how we knew the halacha. And the now, stick would teach him? Yes. He had. He was the recipient. He inherited Rabbi Meir's walking stick. He said, how do I know this halacha? That stick. stick. That taught me the wisdom. Now what does that mean? No, does that mean that he would sit down by night for a shear and he'd put the stick up and the stick would say, This is the halacha? Hard to believe. Rather, what was he saying? He was saying, Rebbe Meir's walking stick was so imbued with the Kedusha of Rebbe Meir that when I have it in my house, it's a holier place. I'm able to reach higher levels of Kedusha. I'm able to reach higher levels of Yiddishkeit. And the truth is, you have know, many people who will have something in their home that they receive from a Sabbath. Something, there's something physical. Why? Because the Tzaddik imparted kedusha, and by just having that, that brings me to a greater place. And here the Gemara, the Gemara Yerushalmi says that. He says, I have Ramir's walking stick. I'm good. I'm way above all you guys in learning. I have his walking stick. The idea being that the kedusha that one imparts, when one learns, when one davens, whatever one does, so that brings kedusha into every aspect that is in the room in the place. And in fact, there's a minute by tzaddikim, and I mentioned that here in the past also, a number of tzaddikim requested that when they pass away, their, urun, their um the yeah. casket, should be made from the table that they would study Torah, from their shtender, or from the table from which they gave tzadaka. There were people that get, that was their dog, people would come down, they, used tzedakah, they would say, that's my casket. Because I imparted all so much kadusha in the mitzvahs in that ta- in that table. That's what I want to be buried with. And in fact that's the did. And is the previous yes. Which table? Yes. Which table? table? When the Rebbe passed away on the third of Thomas in 1994, that morning they took the table. In the in the we and and in the shroom, 770. Top upstairs. Up, upstairs, that, upstairs and room. that was what the bar was made from. Oh, really? By his request. And his father and all the previous did the same thing. And it's all because of this concept. That when we learn Torah by a table, we're not just... It's not just me and you learning here. The table is learning. The wall learning. Sometimes the table is in better company. You know, the t- no. t- There's people a the story where people are walking on the sidewalk and they're not talking Torah, and the rock's saying... Right, that's what it says. It says that when a person walks on the, on the rocks and doesn't say the Torah, the rock calls out and says, why aren't you talking Torah? I mean, you could, you could elevate me. And all of this is what they're abundant man no that's what that's the idea of not having the echo so this is the three, three very powerful messages in this message, all in the Pasuk of Lil Yosef. Again, number one was that it splits up to every language. No matter what language I'm learning Torah, it's the Dvar Hashem. Number two, no matter which tzaddik I'm learning Torah from, it doesn't matter if it's a thousand years later, it's the same voice of the Aseris Shadibris. And number three, that it's not just about you and me, it's about imbuing everything around us, the entire world, and making it a world of Kedusha through the Torah that's being revealed in the world. And to finish with one last point, that's why there's a significance in learning. One well, think learning is at the end of the day logic. It's learning ideas. Is it important to actually verbalize what we learn? And what's the difference if I say it or I just think it? And yet we find that there's a chashivos halachically to not only thinking words of Torah, but verbalizing them. Now, the truth is if we're sitting together, one person is verbalizing, that's enough because there's Shomaya Ka'onah, everybody is really part of that verbalization. But if I'm just sitting myself in my room and I have a Gemara and I'm just like reading with my eyes, it's not adequate, it's not adequate. Why? Because the idea is that the Torah should permeate my physical body. And if I'm just thinking about it in my mind, so my mind is working, but it's nothing to do with my limbs. When I'm verbalizing it, and especially when I'm putting effort and energy into it, I'm getting my entire body involved. In it. And here we have one final Gemara. The end of the page 53b. We have a very beautiful story about Bruria. Bruria, Bruria was the famous wife of Rabbi Meir. So, Bruria Ashkachte lahu talmida. She saw one of her husband's disciples, He was studying Torah without talking. He was just thinking she, uh, she gave him over the head, so to speak. Um, really she said, It says in it says in Shmuel, "Arucha If you want the Torah to be guarded by you, you have to have it permeate your whole being. Don't just think about it in your head. If the Torah is Imprinted on the 248 limbs, then it's guarded by you. <inaudible> the Torah will just leave you. <inaudible> Tama the Gemara says, Talmud Echel Hoyul Rabbi Yezer. Rabbi Yezer had a disciple, She would learn Torah silently he forgot all his Torah so the Gemara is telling us that it's important not just to learn to it verbalize. but to verbalize it why again? because Torah is meant to permeate it's meant to permeate the table It's meant to permeate myself it's meant that there shouldn't be that baskel and all that was that third message of the same, same as the davening davening also and that's why we have the concept of um Call that's what people shackle when they daven. People get involved when they daven. I'm sorry. Right, the whole your whole being. That every everything gets involved. It's not just you know just the service of the mind. It's an involvement. Kedusha is supposed to involve us. It was involve us, involve our families, involve our surroundings, and bring kedusha into every aspect of being. And that's all three ideas about the gift of Torah that Hashem should give. We should receive it again this year. The simcha
1: and with all the brachas
0: that come with Talmud oh, so Torah. Thank you.